everyone, and welcome to episode eight of my podcast, Shay Unfolding. Um, so far, I've just basically been talking about my my journey so far, and in particular, my you know gender transition journey. And today, I want to continue that story by talking about you know something that was kind of a big deal for me, and I'm sure is a big deal for a lot of people. Uh, at any stage of their life, but in particular if they're going through a, a gender transition that could involve an awakening of their sexuality. Um, so for me, as you've probably already gathered by the rest of the content of this show so far, I identified as a straight heterosexual male uh, before transitioning. And as I mentioned in a previous episode, it was kind of within the first couple of months, they're not even, um, of being on hormones that I finally accepted that I probably was not a, you know, attracted sexually to, to women anymore, um, as I believed I was in the past. And coming to terms with that side of myself was actually harder than just accepting that I wanted to live life as a woman. Um, I know that might sound strange for a lot of people because, you know, um, our sexuality is something that is, you know, a lot more celebrated than it was in previous years and in previous times in history. But I don't know what it was for me in particular, but the idea, of being attracted to men felt more taboo and more wrong to me than accepting that I was a girl. And it was kind of like the final frontier in, you know, embracing who I really was. So I guess when I was growing up and when I was at boarding school, I, I never identified as a gay male or even a gay male who was hiding something. You know, when I was, um, uh, you know, doing things that would make me sexually aroused, I always imagined myself as a woman. It was never a, a male-to-male relationship that, that did it for me. So the idea of being attracted to men or being considered gay in my you know, previous male life never felt right to me. But as soon as I started to see myself, um, you know, as as a woman and as a female, I could allow myself to accept that I, I was attracted to men. And I remember my very first experience of that and it was working at the Pilates Centre um, as the receptionist. And one of the clients of the Pilates Center, um, I'm sure they will never hear this, but anyway, um, you know, was in their mid-40s or early 50s or something like that. And there was just something about the way <clears throat> that he spoke to me when I was working at the Pilates Center, um, not in a, uh, 
a flirty way at all. Like it wasn't that. He wasn't being a creep or anything. He was just being normal. He was just asking about cancelling a class. Um, but there was just something in his his energy and his presence that just really made me feel something that I'd never felt before up until that probably that moment in my life. And it was the feeling of um, I guess I felt sexually vulnerable for the first time in my life but not in a negative way it was more like there was this commanding presence in front of me that was both respectful but also strong and that was really like my first feelings of oh shit I might actually be attracted to men here um and that's okay now I, I I accept that fully and I'm not going to shy away from that. So that probably happened, you know, two or three months on hormones that I had that first sort of initial experience. And then I was very fortunate that my, my ex-partner, who I was still living with at this time, you know, was open to talking about, um, you know, the idea of, of dating men and, relationships with guys with me and you know what types of men am I looking for who am I who am I attracted to what kind of celebrities you know all of those kind of things and um you know it became quite quite evident that I was a bit more cliched in my what I was attracted to physically when it came to to men and things like that um compared to her but it was a nice way to sort of feel like I guess a young girl for like the first time ever in my life to to talk about boys and to to notice hot guys and to notice strong guys and you know as well as see all the the negatives and the the downsides of 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 men as well um but it was definitely you know an awakening for me and you know it did lead me to want to experience, you know, sex with a guy and to have that first kind of, um, I guess, relationship with someone. And, you know, to this day I, I haven't had a, a long-term relationship with a guy. I haven't had any real relationship with a guy other than two one-night stands basically, uh, which I will talk about in a minute. But, you know, I know that the comfort of a man sexually does it more for me now than I ever could have imagined um and it's hard for me to 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 say that and admit that because you know my ex I I deeply deeply loved and and still do love and have had to battle with a lot of shame and a lot of guilt for running away from my true sexuality in my relationship with her because in a lot of respects it wasn't it wasn't fair to her to be with someone who couldn't accept who they were um, and as a result you know hurt her deeply um, I still hold a lot of pain for that. I wish I could go back and change it. I wish I could have 
before I even met her, admitted, you know, everything and we could have just been friends um, and she could have been through my transition the whole way just as a friend. Um, but, you know, for whatever reason, that's not how my life played out and I really did hurt someone in the process of not being able to fully accept who I was and therefore putting on a mask and a persona uh, to the point of even, you know, sexually faking <clears throat> who I who I was and what I wanted in a relationship. And, you know, that's it really wasn't cool of me. And, you know, I hope one day that I can get over it, but at the same time I hope that I can't because, you know, it affected someone else pretty badly and I feel still a lot of shame and a lot of guilt towards that. But as I said, there is nothing that I can do about that now. All I can do is learn from that. And the main lesson that I have learnt is to never run away from who you really are because if you do, you're not only hurting yourself but you're hurting everyone around you who is impacted by the lie that you continue to tell yourself. At least I know that was true for me. You know, I'm still watching the relationships that were negatively impacted by my own deceitfulness uh, play out in, in different ways and I have to live with that. And that's, that is a burden to carry, unfortunately, but it's also, I guess, what makes me me and makes me makes me human. You know, I'm beyond flawed in many respects and I hurt a lot of people and I really am sorry to them and, you know, to myself as well for, for creating that situation. But anyway, um, that took a different avenue. Um, in getting all excited about this newfound sexuality of mine, I really had no idea where to start. Um, you know, I hadn't had uh, my genital reassignment surgery at this point, so I was very confused and really scared of how to talk and communicate and, you know, if it came to it, how to have sex with a guy as a trans woman who hadn't had surgery in that area. You know, were these men going to be bisexual? Were they gay? Were they, um, you know, attracted to me f because of some weird, bizarre fetish that they had towards trans women? Um, you know, what, what was it? Because I, on the inside, totally and, you know, believed that I was a woman and, and a female and identified myself as such. I, I wasn't at this point in my life thinking that I was still a man. Um, so it's a very scary and confronting place and scene to have to navigate. Um, you know, I guess in those early few months, you know, the first six to 12 months of transitioning where you are starting to come across as your desired gender, um, physically, there are still attributes, at least there was for me, 
um, in my physical presence, whether it was my voice or whether it was, you know, still my muscle definition in certain areas or whatever it was that would make me feel like a guy could tell what I really was. And that can be very scary because you don't know how someone will react. You know, we go through as trans women, uh, I guess, a somewhat of a fear that I guess is ingrained in us really that we're going to be what's called clocked um, by someone. And our greatest fear is that we're going to be clocked by a male who is attracted to us, you know, a guy who sees us on the street or has an interaction with us and is sexually attracted only to then find out that we're trans um, and that we still have, I'll call it, you know, equipment in that area um, and you don't know how they're going to react. You don't know whether they're going to get aggressive, whether they're going to be overly turned on because of some interesting fetish that they have. Um, you just don't know what could happen. So you do have to tread a very fine line when navigating, um, you know, relationships and putting yourself out there and trying to attract um, men, especially if that's the way that you're sexually, I guess, inclined like I was and am. So I don't remember what um, uh, was the cause in me pursuing this particular av avenue, but I thought that given where I was in my transition, you know, six months in, so October, November 2018, um, and I haven't had surgery at this point because I'm not allowed to legally. I think the best option for me will be to go on, you know, grinder the male to male, um, gay, LGBT kind of, you know, app. Um, essentially, you know, Tinder for, um, you know, gay guys. And my first experience on there was quite, a shock and dramatic because I took pride in how I presented myself at this point. Definitely. I was very happy with how the hormones were impacting my body physically and how I was, you know, morphing and evolving into the woman that I knew I was. And I knew I was looking pretty good um, for all things considered. So I received a lot of male attention very quickly on that um, that app and quickly had to come up with ways of, of blocking people and navigating how to best utilise it and, you know, how to, to filter out people. But essentially I became quite addicted in a very, very short period of time to the, the dopamine hits that I guess I got because in my brain from, you know, my ego essentially being gratified by this idea that these men found me attractive um you know for the first time ever in my life when you go to an all-boys school and you identify as a straight male you're not really looking for people to see you as attractive um and people certainly don't see you that way 
even if you might deep, deep, deep down want that, it's not something that ever really comes. So I never had that in my life up until that moment. I never was considered, I never considered myself to be a magnet of attraction, especially to the opposite sex, um, you know, males in this case. And it was a real interesting experience. Like I said, I became very addicted to it and spent countless hours talking to guys um, and slowly over time learning how to best filter out things and the amount of dick pics that I would receive was just endless and that was a straight-up instant for blocking someone. But, you know, within all of that being said, It was only within the first three or four days on there that I actually did meet meet someone who was quite genuine. Um, I won't say their name for the purpose of this. Let's just, you know, call them. I won't give them a name at all. Um, But, you know, their profile picture uh, interested me. It had an element of health and fitness about it. I think they were doing some sort of gymnastics move. And, you know, their first message to me was about telling their story and essentially they were coming out as bisexual recently and we were, you know, just ending a relationship with a female partner and, you know, weren't really sure what they were doing but they wanted to start exploring their sexuality more and, you know, had accepted that they probably were bisexual and found my story interesting and blah, blah, blah. So... I thought, you know, like, okay, that sounds like this person's actually legitimate and sounds like they're a real human, which can be quite rare on those sort of apps. Um, And basically I I met up with them one afternoon. We just went for a walk and um, we spoke for probably an hour and felt very, you know, we felt like we got along. And basically we agreed that we would go out a couple of days later um, you know, to a bar or something. And it was my first, essentially my first date. And, <laughs> you know, as far as a first date goes, and I don't mean just mean a first date with him, but like it was my first date ever as a woman. Um, you know, the first time that I was ever on the receiving end, I guess, of the date, <laughs> um, whenever I had done them in the past, I was always the one that would organize them. And I was the one that was, you know, playing a different role essentially. And I just remember being, you know, at this bar with him, I had spent the whole day, you know, the whole afternoon getting ready and just sort of living out that fantasy that I had always, um, I guess, deep down dreamed of and imagined, but never believed was for me you know, the, the fantasy and the idea of getting ready for a date and doing your makeup and your hair and choosing, a, you know, a different dress and trying on five different ones before finally settling on one. And, you know, all of that just really, I guess, cliched girly stuff that I never got to do growing up or in my early um, 20s. And it just came so natural to me. And I really enjoyed it. And, um, you know, we were, we were having this, um, you know, date over a couple of drinks at some bar um, in Sydney. 
and we felt like we definitely got along with each other and the conversation was going really well. And after about two hours, we decided to leave that place and we were waiting for an Uber or a taxi or something Um, and he just, you know, started um, kissing me and and making out with me uh, in public and it definitely took me back because, you know, technically that was my first kiss with a a guy Um, and... You know, from from then on, the night just kind of kept evolving and growing. And I won't go into the the details of how it, you know, proceeded because I don't think that's the point of this. But um, I guess all that's important is I felt very comfortable with him. I did go back to his place and I did have sex with him for the very first time. And, you know, for me the first time um, as a female, but at this stage I hadn't had, um, you know, my genital reassignment surgery. So, you know, that area was still in play, I guess, and it did make me feel uncomfortable uh, if for whatever, if at any point he would play with it or touch it or, you know, it just, it wasn't me. Um, but it was an experience kind of like modeling where you do it once and you either hate it or you're impartial to it or you want more of it and you know it's right for you. And to have sex for the very first time as, you know, my correct gender and being able to express my femininity for the very first time sexually was just so thrilling and empowering and fulfilling. Um, you know, it definitely was where I belonged in a in a sexual act, and I was amazed at how naturally how natural it came to me. Whether I was, um, you know, doing things to him, it was bizarre. It was it was as if my body had always known how to do things and. Whereas when I was having sex as a male, it was as shameful as it is to admit this. It was an act. I never allowed myself to just get into flow when I had to have sex as a male. And even saying that sounds horrible, that I had to have it. And, you know, I wanted to enjoy it back then. I really did, but I just didn't deep down I fooled myself in believing that I did and I convinced myself or at least I attempted to convince myself that I enjoyed it and I feel really bad for my previous partners but obviously in particular my previous fiance because that's I was so not fair to her and I only I wish that I could have called you know quits on it sooner than waiting three years but I didn't And as I said, I have to live with that for the rest of my life. Um, But having sex for the first time with a guy definitely felt right to me. And, you know, to be honest, I've only had it once since then. Um, You know, I literally waited almost an exact, well, actually I waited pretty much a whole year from that very first first time having sex um, 
you know, back in 2018. And the next time I had it was, you know, November 2019. It was only a, a week or so ago, to be honest. And um, but that experience was was totally different because I had had my surgery and I could go into myself even more fully than I had ever imagined possible because I I had my reassignment surgery and you know that little object and uh, piece of my body that was once there was no longer there and that made a huge difference um, the second time around so that experience last year it taught me that I wanted to do it again it taught me that this was my true sexual identity but it was kind of also the catalyst for wanting me to have surgery sooner rather than later because as much as I enjoyed it, I didn't enjoy that aspect of it. I didn't enjoy the idea that was this guy with me because he saw me as a woman and as a female wholly or was he with me because he was attracted to a part of myself that I didn't want and he himself was trying to hide his, you know, homosexuality or his own attractiveness to men and he was using me as a, a scapegoat to the, the truth of who he was. You know, those were the questions that were definitely running through my mind and, you know, it doesn't matter in hindsight, of course, but it definitely was a catalyst for me wanting to explore surgical options sooner rather than later. And that was a bit of a shock to me because when I had started my transition, I honestly didn't think that, you know, I would have surgery for the first five years of transitioning. It, it didn't seem like something that was going to be important to me, but the more and more that I went through my journey in those early few few months and especially after that sexual experience it became evident that it was something that I really did need to have happen um, because you know sex was a, a big part of what I wanted to be able to experience as a female and this part of me was holding me back um, and that's not to say that everyone feels the same way but that's how I felt. And I guess it was in that kind of moment that I, you know, was willing to wait for relationships to open up um, until after surgery. But I definitely did relapse and I, I got clingy, especially with this guy. I, I went into old sort of... Um, fear-based patterns of being emotionally attached to things and people and that wasn't healthy and I thought that every interaction on on Grindr and on these dating apps was going to end the same way as with him um, and they didn't you know it, he was definitely one out of a thousand or two thousand of interactions that I had that actually worked it just happened to be one of the very first ones so but anyway, I, I think that's probably enough about my early sex life as a trans woman and I will leave it there for now. And uh, I think the next episode I might talk about how, you know, 
I started the process of actually working towards having my surgery and, um, yeah, how that all unfolded. All right, guys, thanks for listening.